previously on The Other Place. 30 years ago. 30 years? Yeah, everything started getting weird around 30 years ago. This paladin comes to town. Uh, he was some kind of researcher or something. And Bellman asked him to come here. Bellman was into some weird stuff. I don't know exactly what he was into, but he was dead by the time by the time the paladin got here. And nobody ever really figured out what happened to him. The paladin or Bellman? Well, either of them. Okay, who are you playing? I am playing Calum Clara. Tell me about which sounds Calum Clara. Well, Calum Clara's name sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Yep. And there's there's a reason for that, but we won't get into it. Um, Calum Clara is a elf, as that's their species, and their uh, their archetype, which we have um, created in this world that we've built, this fantasy world, is uh, sky folk. So, Caleb Clara is basically a sky elf, if that uh, makes any kind of sense. I, I wouldn't say that the... We haven't really even created, like, what the sky elf are. I assume that they don't fly or anything like that. Yeah, no, I was thinking um, of it. So, we've got the, the underfolk, the sky folk, and the wood folk. I was thinking dark elf, light elf, wood elf. That's pretty much how I thought of it. Yeah. And when I think sky, I kind of thought, like, well, maybe they have, like big towers or something in the mountains mm -hmm. like they're like people that like kind of live in the clouds yeah. and maybe they have like birds as pets and stuff but they're just sort of like the light elf or the high elf if mm -hmm. whatever you know fantasy thing you're looking at um and then what so Caleb the... and clara yeah yeah what career did you pick the career is a scholar okay which i thought would be fun because it's i know you we're interested maybe in me being a paladin, but honestly, I, I'm into the idea of being a paladin. But paladin, but it's too much like Lucky the Clone <laughs> to be a paladin. Okay, so that's why I didn't want to do it. Be like a good guy um, knight. A good guy knight is just lucky. So, Calum Clara, but I figured that my character could still play s somewhat the role of the paladin, or in the same like space as the paladin, or same like. Um, alignment, I guess, at least for whatever the beginning of this campaign will be. Yeah, I think he's going to be only slightly out of his depth uh, at the beginning of this, which I feel like at the beginning of any RPG, you should be out of your depth at some, to, to some degree. I have, I feel like I had an idea of at least how this might start, and now I already feel like I don't. Cool. So that's good, I guess. Anything else about Calum? Do you want me to go into... Um, physical description or anything like that sure okay so Calum is a is a male i'm gonna say he is about somewhere in mid 30s about six feet tall which is pretty average i think for an elf maybe i'd say that's probably average um built elf-like pretty standard and i'm gonna say he has kind of longer gray hair and blue-gray eyes and kind of fair skin. Okay. Um, and that's basically about it. I'll tell you more about his like equipment and stuff like that, depending on like where we start in the campaign. 
Caleb finds himself on the the Isle of Volk, near the town of Volk. Why is he there? The Isle of Volk, near the town of Volk. Mm-hmm. Why is he there? So and no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. stalling. The uh, the town of Volk is small but growing. It is so. It is uh, off the southern the the southeast coast of the land of Fenrain. And it is the largest island in a, a small group of islands. So it's a couple days travel over overseas to the capital. Okay. The town is on the newer side. Lots of people are moving here because it's uh, slowly becoming a bigger trade port. Okay. Well, I think I know why Calum is here. Why is that? Calum is a scholar and he studies rare historical objects usually they are related to uh spiritual sometimes religious you know tokens artifacts and things like that i think he's here to study some um possibly valuable or historically important objects or artifacts okay so you're here to, to study stuff weird artifacts hokey religions and ancient weapons Pretty much um, myth and lore and history are what Caleb specializes in. I kind of want to say that he received a letter from somebody urging him to come and check out a very specific object. And it's taken him quite a long time to get here because he had to apply for funding, get a team together and sail here. It's been about a year in making this expedition. So he's got a and team. he's hoping that it's... I think he has a team. Okay. And what's he hoping? He's hoping that it's actually... Uh, this wasn't a big waste of time and money and effort. Okay. All right. So you have to tell me about his team now. Okay. So I think that he is a scholar with a group that we have established in our world building. Yeah. And can you tell me what they're called? The Brotherhood of the Seven Rivers. Is that yeah. it? Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that because I think I was going to get it slightly wrong. So he is a scholar with the Brotherhood of the Seven Rivers. Okay. Not to info dump too much on the uh, start of this podcast. Hey, we're we're establishing the world, and uh, yeah. Okay. So the <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. So he he traveled here in a relatively small ship. I'm gonna say there's a crew of about six people, not including him. Six other dudes that took him here and two of them are senior paladins with the brotherhood of the seven Rivers. the other four are salen folk salen folk did you like that uh-huh that's pretty good so we've uh among them i'm sure there are some uh some fish people or as we're calling them in this game sea kith yeah there are two sea kith they just look fishy they, they were they were kind enough pretty quiet on the trip they, they're hard working. Okay. So the person that um, sent you the letter is somebody named Bellman. And so it's been a few weeks of journeying. You took a horse-drawn cart overland from the Iron Tower to the ports of Gilder and took a small sailing vessel from Gilder to uh, the Isle of Volk. The waves crash against the bow as the ship uh the small ship makes its way into the port 
the town, hopefully soon to be city, of Volk is uh, on the east side of the island, and it looks like it's quickly spreading out. Uh, as the boat approaches the docks, you notice that there's uh, a lot of building going on and new structures going up. And yeah, so you, you, you pull into the docks, a group of Seekith people tie your boat up and, and shake hands with your, your crew people, and uh, you disembark along with your two paladins. What's your first stop here? Um, my first stop is going to be to stop at the inn and um, check into our rooms, which we have a reservation for. Okay, so you make your way to the center of town where there is a tavern and inn. It looks like it is partially under construction, being expanded upon as the city grows. And there's a sign, uh, a hanging sign out front with, uh, with a big bird on it. This place is called the Steeple Rock. That's a cool name. You've never heard it before, have you? Uh, have I? <laughs> More than once. This place was in our D&D game. This place is also in Coruscant Nights. Okay. I have. <laughs> I have? Yeah, this this looks like a fine hotel. It looks like it's going to be our, our tavern. It looks like it's pretty new. The beds should be pretty clean. This is... Yeah satisfying to Calum, especially after the long journey here. Mm-hmm. So you head into the steeple rock. It is new and clean and smells like fresh cut wood inside. Uh, behind the counter is uh, an older halfling. Um, there are a handful of people sitting at the tables uh, enjoying drinks and food. Um, it's still early afternoon, so it's not too rowdy or anything at this point. Yeah, you make your way towards the towards the bar with the, the halfling behind it and uh, he quickly shows you to your rooms. The two paladins are sharing a small room while you have your own. They don't look all that happy about it but that's the way things are going. Sounds great. Caleb is more than satisfied um, and happy to have his own space. He kind of unpacks some of his stuff. Um, there's a small dresser that he uh, kind of organizes with clothing and different objects um covers some of the the uh there's like a table in the room he unpacks some some kind of um kind of old looking um microscope-esque thing it has a couple different hinged lenses that can kind of fold um on top of each other to get a really super magnified look at something he's got a small set of brushes also i think calum is much more of an archaeologist than I realized while making this character, <laughs> but uh, that's all right. He didn't have much of a scholarly pursuit in mind. I did want him to be like, interested in artifacts. artifacts. So this this does this is just basically just specifying more what he's about. I have a question. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, you thank the thank the halfling, and um, so you unpacked your stuff and maybe went back down to the the main room. Yeah. Okay, so I bid the halfling a thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, enter... Uh, I, I, I've already kind of entered my room and um, placed my objects around. Mm -hmm. Take out some crystals. Just just to have that, them. They, they don't do anything. It's actually a science. It's an experiment mm -hmm. to see 
to just just to document how little they do. Okay. Um, he places one at each of the four corners of the room. Okay. Do you have any left over, or you, do you have any on you right now? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Okay. He 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 has, he keeps one in each pocket also. Okay. Great. He as he's putting them down, he shakes his head, says, "Does nothing." Uh, all right. He he stands up. He is basically unpacked, and he's gonna head down to the uh, tavern to get a drink and some food mm-hmm. that is not salted fish. Yeah. And uh, very, very dry bread. Uh, you head down there. You see that the two paladins that you came with are already down there. They're sitting at a at a chair or a, a little table off in the corner. They are both wearing... They're not wearing their armor right now. They've got robes on and bald heads. They have uh, very plain bread and some, some beverages in front of them. You head up to the bar and there's the, the halfling that you talked to earlier. Hey, you gonna? Um, you need something to eat? Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be great, actually. Oh, uh, what, um, what do you want? What's, well, what's your specialty? Uh, we we've got uh, roast boar today. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think I'd like that. I'll try that. All right. Uh, he calls back into the kitchen for for some food. Anything to drink? Go along with that. Uh, do you have anything that's not water or milk? Yeah, yeah, and uh, he goes over to a keg and pulls something from the tap and hands it to you. The house specialty, make it uh, myself. Caleb takes a, a vigorous whiff of whatever this is. Uh, it smells alcoholic. It It's mead, but it's, it seems like it's got some sort of spice. Um, Caleb takes a, takes a sip. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's definitely mead. It's good. It's got a little hint of lavender. Hmm. Not bad. Uh, yeah, Not bad. yeah, glad you like it. You can sit Thank anywhere. You. Sit anywhere. Uh, entertainment's not going to start for a couple hours. Still, still got a couple hours before people get off their, off their jobs and stuff. So, we'll have that food right out for you. Um, he takes his drink and swivels around in this chair. Is he a chair? Or is he standing? Uh, yeah, he, you, your choice. Matter. I think he's standing. Okay. I like this uh, ambience we're getting here. Yep. <laughs> um, so he kind of turns around and looks out into the the bar uh-huh. and just takes just takes in a little just takes in the visuals all right you want to roll perception all righty i'm excited to try out this new uh let's make it um let's see average with uh a boost because it's not all that busy here okay all right i'm gonna roll all right so you, what's in your hand a um two purple a boost a green and a yellow okay and i get two successes and one threat. Okay. You see a lot of conversations happening. So in this place, I'd say there are seven seven tables and the bar. Um, of those seven tables, uh, three are occupied. One by your two paladin friends, one by uh, a pair of humans, one by a dwarf and a, a gnome. Uh, and then there are a couple of people sitting at the bar. And uh, the dwarf and the gnome are like leaning in real close and, and having a close conversation. Um, you can't quite hear what they're saying because you're threat. Um, hmm. Yeah. But I can see them. Yeah. I can see that they're chatting. Yeah. Um, this room also has a, a stage in one corner. At, le- at least it's like a place where somebody can get up and, and play, play music. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you got your main entrance and uh, the stairs up to the, up to the rooms. 
and uh, way into the kitchen. Okay. Hmm. I don't want to be too nosy, but I'm a little curious about this dwarf and gnome conversation that's going on. Of course you are. Um, I pick up my drink and walk over to the paladins. Uh-huh. Uh, walk up. Caleb. Put a hand on the shoulder of one of them. What? How you boys faring? Yeah, fine. Comfortable? Comfortable enough, I trust? Uh, oh, we need we need some story points out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and flip my story point because after two weeks at sea, these two don't want to talk to you. So, uh... So you got some mead there, I see. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, guys, uh, tell the bartender the next one's on me, all right? Oh, yeah. You you two take care. Hey, hey, thanks. That this is just how all the people from the Iron Tower talk. <laughs> we just we just talk like this. We just all picked it uh, up it, in the same place. It's a very breathy, uh, soft. It, it sounds loud, but it's very very quiet. That's how we talk. It can be really intimidating, but it could also be comforting. Hey. I'm glad. I'm glad we kind of opened up, guys, and talked about the way we talk. <laughs> Somebody's got to acknowledge a, it. Gives him a gives him a slap on his shaved head and uh, walks off. As he walks off, he um, takes a route to a table. As he walks very closely by the um, dwarf and the gnome that are chatting, mm-hmm, you get and he, you, he yeah. He kind of flicks his uh, elf ears uh, like a cat, just a little bit, to see if he can hone in. What are your elf ears here? Do I have to roll? No. Um, you get one word. Murder. His eye turns to just look at them as he walks by. Yeah, they're um, talking very closely on uh, hushed tones. Uh-huh. That's exactly what it sounds like. Um, as So I'm going to make this even a little more complicated. As he walks by, I would like to use a little magic if I okay, could. Okay, what do you want to do? I want to um, use a little bit of a breeze uh that's his specialty his magical specialty is to control the uh wind drafts things like that he's gonna try and knock one of their drinks over okay let's onto the floor we're gonna call that a utility spell it's gonna be easy um do you have your book yet it hasn't come yet i'm not gonna have it till next monday okay okay so it's gonna be easy and um yeah, you can decide which magic skill you want to use. For me, for this kind of thing, I think divine. Okay, it's a divine, Is a divine wind. Divine wind. I kind of did not read what they say about this, uh, how they categorize things, but to me, divine would be like anytime that you are using a spell, kind of non-violently to solve a problem. Um, so you are le- or or healing, I guess. You, maybe is divine also. You can also use divine to attack. Okay. Well, we'll we'll like hammer this out as we play. But that's what I'm going to use. Okay. And my divine and my arcana are actually the same. I have a one will power, and I have two ranks in divine. So that let me do the math here. That means I've got. That means I get a green and a yellow. I'm sorry. Repeat it. One and two. Um, one and two. Yep, a green and a yellow. Um, you're trying to do this very subtly, so I want to add a, a setback. All right. So I have a purple, black, yellow, green, and I got a success with an advantage. Okay. So every time you do magic, you take two strain. Excuse me. I, I got two success and one advantage. All right. So I was quite successful. Okay. So you take your two strain and... Um, 
you see a, a tankard of ale on their table spill over, and the dwarf gets up. Whoa, 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 what the heck? What the heck, man? Caleb ducks down quickly and picks up his spilled uh, flagon. Okay. Do you have an idea for your advantage? Um, while he picks it up, he gets a very good and close look at both of these chaps uh-huh. and anything that they may have in their hands, uh, pockets, or on the table. That pockets would be stuff something like protruding out. Yeah. So, um, are you are you like getting down to like catch it before it hits the floor? Yeah, he's an elf, and he's not the most um, he's not the most athletic, you know, fighter type elf, but he does have very good agility. Okay, and he catches the cup on his foot. On his foot. Do you need me to do nope. a check for that? Nope. <laughs> that's my advantage. Part of that's one part. That's my second success. Okay. Whoa, that's cool. This is the dwarf. Um, you notice the dwarf is uh, he's got a uh, a tool belt with hammers of various sizes on it. Yeah, and then the gnome. It looks like they both work on building. He's uh, got like a a plumb bob and uh, some measuring tools. Wow, that's a that's a fancy set of tools you two have. Uh, thanks for catching my drink. That was weird. Um, yeah, this building's going up all around town. You do construction types, workers, contractors. Yeah, we've been working on in, uh, on a on a on a warehouse down by the docks. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's your drink. Oh, sir. thanks. Be a little more careful, won't you? I don't know what happened. I haven't had that much. Someone must open the door. Something. This guy, he's always drinking, and he, he never knows when to cut himself off. This is the gnome. I'm sure he just knocked it over. Yeah, no, we're construction workers. <laughs> this is what construction workers sound like. Where are you two from? Oh, uh, you know, we're from the mainland, and they, they're just hiring lots of people out here, and just heard it was good for work, so... Yeah. Same. Well, uh... Well, that, that makes sense, I guess. So, uh... uh what brings someone like you out here? Like they, oh, so yeah. looking at them, uh, they weren't expecting their conversation to be interrupted. Uh, they want, they, they're they're looking antsy. They want to get back to it, and you're just standing there. No, I'm I'm here on business. Don't just just here to do some scholarly stuff. You know, that's cool. It is cool. Uh, gentlemen, I will leave you to your drinks. <laughs> uh. uh Okay, see you later. He, see you later. You will see me later. Yep. Take care, boys. And he walks away thinking, well, didn't know what I was going to do, and I still don't <laughs> uh, about that interaction. But I do know that they are contractors, and they know something about a murder. Well, uh, he he almost forgot that he ordered food. Yeah, it's ready. He's not going anywhere. He takes a seat right next to those two guys. All right. Making them feel... A little bit awkward. Yep. <laughs> the food's ready. It comes out. Uh, another halfling uh, brings it out to you and sets it on the table in front of you. You eat. It's pretty good. Not the best. Not the worst. Uh, before long, the two uh, workers that were sitting behind you get up and leave. You've still got your paladins. You've still got a couple humans. At this point, a couple other people pop in and have seats. and It's, it's getting a little bit busier as the afternoon wears on. He takes out the letter that he received, mm-hmm. the original letter about what inspired this entire voyage. Yeah. Um, pushes his plates and cups aside and spreads the paper out on the table in front of him. Mm-hmm. So it was from um, somebody named Bellman. Uh, I don't think it's somebody that you knew. I think they just 
knew that you were into this sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, as the construction was happening about a year ago um, some interesting items were were dug up and uh, yeah so you would assume that Bellman still has them Uh, yeah is there anything else that you think of in the letter Um, I think that what what really inspired him to make this trip is that there's there's a drawing and Mm -hmm. some um, some text on the drawing that he he's he recognized what's it um, look like it it's some sort of glyphs um very geometric very very simple to most people they would appear just like design elements but to him he's studied pretty deeply into this ancient text mm-hmm. the, and he recognizes it the the one that caught his attention the most the most important one um almost looks like a door yep kind of an unusual door uh i'm gonna guess not with like a hinges and that sort of thing more like a like a gate or something like a gateway a hole it's like it's geometric but it is almost an oval shape it's like an oval with with corners and there's a a Mm -hmm. line straight through vertically actually let's make it, it it's like a almost a lightning bolt straight through vertically like a crack okay so this is just a symbol can you describe what this object looks like, or do you want me to? Um, I'd say it's like a little totem. It's a little person-shaped object with that symbol uh, right in its center. Okay. And then swirling geometric symbols all around it. Um, so he has another letter, and this is a follow-up letter uh-huh. from um, Bellman with um, instructions on meeting yes um arranging a meeting so bellman said when you got to town uh if you contacted the the local alchemist then he could get you in touch okay what time in the day is it right now uh it's mid-afternoon okay and it's the middle of the week so i know that so i have not talked much about calum's um strengths flaws desires fears and i'm looking at them right now but his desire is ambition, and I kind of thought that I would try and use that to um, help me make the character's decisions. So I think that he is a little bit impatient in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. He's he's ready to go. Yeah, um, he's ready to, to um, find the town's alchemist. Alchemist. Yeah, and get some answers. Okay, so he. Um, I'm going to just say that he goes up to his room, just prepares enough things to leave the house. He pretty much has one outfit, and that are his. Those are his um, scholar robes. Yeah, he is basically completely unarmed. He has a small dagger, great, and a and a pouch um, with a pouch and pockets because he's got one crystal in each pocket. He when he goes back to his room. He documents the crystals. Nothing seems happened. like one oh. of them. No, it seems like one of them has moved. Oh, but he thinks he thinks that this the floor is just a little bit crooked. Uh-huh. But he takes some notes down. Um, amethyst moved point point zero zero uh, one to the east. To the east. Unusual. Probably not. Um, and so he's not leaving with his like his traveling gear or anything. But he heads out um, through the front door. And onto the streets of Volk. So the streets are still busy at this time of day. A um, lot of uh, 
people coming and going. Uh, as you search for the alchemist, you pass through uh, an open-air market. People are selling things from the mainland, from um, parts unknown. Uh, and um, eventually you make your way to the alchemist's shop. So the, the it's a it's an older building. It looks like it was maybe one of the original buildings from the settlement. And um, yeah, there's no construction happening nearby it at all. There's a a sign, uh, one of, another one of those medieval hanging signs with mm-hmm. uh, a picture of, um, let's see, yeah, a picture of a test tube. Are you sure it's not a mortar and pestle? Yeah, I'm sure. He's he's okay. more of a science alchemist. <laughs> you know, Fair enough. one of those science alchemists. Thank God it's not another mortar and pestle guy. No, he's a potion uh, guy. Uh, okay, so... Uh, a little bell rings as you head inside. He walks in, and what do I see? It is an older building. It's musty. Um, you smell the telltale odors of chemicals, reactions, stuff you're pretty familiar with. Um, there are racks of potions on the walls, uh, stuff for sale. And there's a little counter, and it looks like there's a room in the back, and there's nobody out front. Keelan walks right up to the front desk. And you hear a little shuffling in the back, because a, a bell rang when you went in. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a another elf comes around from the back. Hello, what can I do for you today? Hello there. Uh, I have a, have a letter here that has your your name and address and i just had a few questions for you oh my name is uh caleb clara by the way i i'm uh, and what's your name it's reynard reynard is uh, very tall and pale he's got really long fingers um is is reynard uh an older fellow he's older he uh to your elf eyes he looks like he's one probably one of the under folk not worth mentioning to him but Something that uh, Caleb can't help but notice. Um, it's uh, nice to meet you. Uh, well, what I'm here about is looking for a, a guy named Bellman. Have you heard of a, a, a fellow named Bellman? Oh, my old friend Bellman. I'm afraid you've just missed him. And uh, how would I go about uh, finding him, if you don't mind? Well, as far as I know, they've taken his body to the constable. Caleb thinks, uh, not again. <laughs> uh, body to the constable, huh? That's right. And, uh, let me guess. He was murdered? That is correct. Uh, pardon my, uh, par- pardon my, uh, uh, God, what's the word? French? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think Caleb does speak some, some, uh, quote unquote French sometimes. <laughs> uh, well... I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. Can you tell me anything about the murder? They don't know who has done it. They only found him this morning. His workmen found his body splayed out in his mezzanine. Um, a gruesome I'm gonna, act. I think I'm going to do... I think that Calum... We're going to have um, internal monologues with Calum okay. for, for detective stuff. Great. So you can put like a fuzzy... Uh, <clears throat> inner monologue filter over this little echoey Mm -hmm. yeah he thinks to himself murder workers those workers from earlier it all adds up (laughs) 
thank you very much for the information. I'm so sorry about your friend. May he may he rest easy now, and may his secrets uh, not stay with him. Friends come and go. When you live to my age, you don't get sad anymore. Or perhaps I'm sad all the time. I don't know anymore. You sound you sound a little sad. It might just be that I'm old. And you sound a little old. <laughs> but uh, you know what'll cheer you up? How about some business? Uh, Would you like to buy some potions? Let's take a look at what you got. Uh, so Caleb looks through, rifles through his stuff, mm-hmm. and I would like to buy something. Is there anything in particular so, you're looking for? I would like to buy... I don't um, have anything illegal, if that's what you're looking for. Caleb is going to try and do a... Can I do like an underworld check and see if I can get him to sell me something illegal? What would the what would the correct check for that be? I think charm, charm or uh, negotiation. I'm gonna do a charm check. Caleb says, "Uh, of course you don't have anything illegal, but I of mean, course. I'm just looking for something. I'm looking for something useful. Do you know what I'm saying? Perhaps I do. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna do a charm check. Okay. Um, it's gonna be." Three purple dice. Okay. My charm is my presence, which is two green. Do I get a boost for uh for my for my coy uh display of uh words? That was that was quite the coy display of words. <laughs> well, Caleb's Caleb did it, not not me. <laughs> what I said was stupid. Sure. Yeah, you can have a boost. Okay. So I rolled three purple, two green, and one blue. Yeah, you can take another boost because he obviously has illegal stuff here. I already rolled okay. it without the boost, and I got a success with two threat. Well, if you don't tell anyone where it came from, <laughs> how much hey, how much money do you have? How much silver do you have? Inner monologue. Well, I've got sixty five silver. Now I'm gonna need uh, some of this for the rest of my stay. You only have sixty five. Oh, you only have 65 silver. Well, I'm afraid you can't afford any of my specialty items. I, I just wanted to know what your specialty items were. Well, I've got an invisibility potion, but I'm afraid it would set you back 1,200 silver. Hmm. And anything else? I'm afraid that is my most powerful potion. Perhaps you would not even be able to handle it. Of course I'd be able to handle it. Are you sure it even works? It absolutely works. I can oh, give you man. these health potions, and he gestures to a shelf in the front. 25 silver each. All right, I'll take one one health potion. He puts the silver on the table. He's also... Where is the invisibility potion? He does not take it out. You don't know where it is. It's, it's oh, not on a shelf. I can't steal it. All right. Note to self. <laughs> come come back and and test the invisibility potion. Brotherhood does not steal. You you see on the shelves there are also there are some other um potions. There's a protective one. There's a um let's see. There's one with a sort of a a lion on it there's one with uh skull and crossbones there's one with a little uh like bomb shape 
he was he was considering taking an extra potion, mm-hmm. but he just he feels like the opportunity is passed. Yeah, he, there was a moment where he could have, and now he can't. He pays for the healing potion. Thank you very much. I'll be seeing you again. Take care. And you head out. Ties the potion to uh, kind of like the back of his belt, and he heads out into the street. Okay. Um, on your way here from the steeple rock, you passed the local constabulary if you wanted to stop there. And uh, just for the uh, anyone listening, because I definitely know what a constabulary is. <laughs> If you could just tell the <laughs> listeners what a constabulary is, that would be really helpful. It's the cops. Ah, uh, of course. I mean, my awe was not of surprise, but of of just uh, acknowledgement. And uh, yeah, the cops, they got to have some information about this murder. He walks up the, I imagine there's no uh, kind of bureaucratic building that doesn't have a few steps. So he walks up the steps. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> so, uh, bu- yeah. This building's probably made of stone. It is made of stone. It looks like maybe like decorative timber on the outside. As you see, you enter, there's a desk and two hallways going back, one on either side and a large staircase going up the center of the space. At the desk is a Triassian, a tall lizard person wearing what you assume is the uniform of the local law enforcement. What does the uniform look like? Uh, it is dark leather with one very shiny silver shoulder pad. He walks right up to this. What are they called? Triassian. Triassian. Good afternoon to you. Uh, hello. I'd like to ask you a few questions if you don't mind. I'm a local scholar pursuing a academic research and recent murder that took place in this town. That of uh, a man named Bellman. Uh, I'd like some more information the man had some information that I could use, and, uh, well, any info on what happened would be really helpful. A local scholar? You do not look local. Did I say local? Yes. I mean, I mean, I am in your locale. That's, that's what I meant. Very well. What information did you need? Well, do you have any suspects in question at the moment well do you have any identification why should i give you information that is not available to the public well i don't know if you'll recognize this at all but he pulls out a a uh amulet that he's wearing around his neck Mm -hmm. that is the insignia of the uh brotherhood of the seven rivers what does the insignia look like so the this amulet or necklace it's an amulet because it's pretty big it's thick iron chain links and it comes down to kind of a circular pendant that has seven kind of intersecting lines um and in the very center there's kind of a tall tilting inward at the top tower and there's kind of some of the lines that are intersecting these seven lines sort of also make kind of like a gleaming light that comes from um behind the tower okay what do you think about that yeah, so it's a like a geometric tower with, they could be rays of light, they could be rivers, yeah. The Brotherhood, why did you not say that earlier? Please, come back. Um, so he follows him back. So it's still the afternoon, there are a few people. So he leads you back to through the, the left hallway and uh, down a flight of steps. You, you've been in enough of these sort of places that you recognize that you're going into sort of the prison slash 
like the jail cells or morgue area. Mm-hmm. You gotta, and if you he leads keep, you down and... He knows that if you want to keep a body cool, you put him in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Down to the left, uh, he opens up a, a door. Uh, it's a, just a plain wooden door. And in there, there's a, uh, a table with something under a sheet. And there's somebody in here uh, working at a, at a desk. There are a couple candles around. It, look, it looks like the person who is working at the desk knows, knows what they're doing with, like, science-y stuff. They've got a clearly homemade lantern. Looks like it's high quality, but it's pretty much illuminating the whole room. This is the morgue. So, uh, and that, that, that's Bellman under the sheet. That is correct. And this is our coroner, I'm... Hopper. Hopper, huh? A pleasure to meet you. He is a, uh, we don't have a name for them yet. He is a rat person. He's got tiny little glasses. He looks more mole-like than, than rat-like. But, um, yeah, he's significantly shorter than you. And he, he looks up from what he's doing and, and walks over to you and, and shakes your hand. I assume you still have your, your metal out. Yeah. We don't get many people from the Iron Tower around here. My name's Hopper. Nice to meet you. Glad the name the Iron Tower still means something. Yeah, it means something everywhere. That's good. It's good to hear even out here. Uh, so, well, what, what, what are you doing here? What, what can I do for you? Bellman. Yeah? I'd like to know a little more. Do well, what do you want to know? I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. By all means, he's not going anywhere. It's a little insensitive, but uh, let's see. You lift back the sheet while he's talking. Uh, well, Bellman was... I don't I don't know what happened. He's... Uh, is he, he just finished. He just finished his estate. It's like, it's the biggest... The biggest project around here. All the way on the east side of town. Big house. Good security. I don't know. I don't know what could have happened. He's kind of a kind of a bigwig around here. He he was in charge of. He he really had a lot to do with putting this place on the map, getting the ships in, the shipments, making this place a real hustle bustle trade port kind of place. You pull the sheet back and you see uh, an older human with a mustache and uh, a big jagged knife wound in his chest. I mean, we we did everything that we know how to do. We 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 can't really pin it on anyone. It's kind of a cold case. Cold to you, maybe. To me, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, can use your expertise. You you know about this stuff. I mean, scholars at the Iron Tower. I I know a bit. We'll see. Can you tell me the cause of death? Yeah, big knife right to the chest. Do you have the knife? No, we couldn't find it. Um, any poisons, toxins, venom in his system? Nothing that we found. Well, it's pretty darn hard to tell. We, I mean, it's... we had we had Reynard take a look and see if he could identify any poisons. You know, Reynard, town alchemist. Yeah, we're we're close friends. Oh, good. And uh, he said he couldn't find anything. No, nothing. Hmm. Do you know the uh, time? Can you tell me the time and location of the murder? Um. Well, we found him in in his home. Right in the main, like, big lobby. And we couldn't tell you the time. He could have been there for minutes. He could have been there for... Well, it wasn't minutes because he was cold. He could have been there for a day or days. Well, thank you for your help. I want to do a... Just a perception check on the body. Okay. Um, and... Yeah. Yes. Okay, it's going to be average. I'm going to give you a okay. setback die because he's been... It's It's been... 
a little while. So you've given me two setbacks now? For this check? Um, no, no, no. Just in total. Yeah, I think game. so. Yeah. Okay. So they are both uh, in my court now. Okay. What? Oh, the the story points? Oh, story points. That's what I'm talking about. Sorry. Yeah, you do have both of them still. Oh, I still have both of them. Okay. I'm going to... I'll just flip one. Okay. Um, you said it was a normal difficulty? Yeah, two purple average. And... My perception is two. Okay. My perception will be a green and a yellow. And I'm going to upgrade one of my green to a yellow. Does that work? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two yellows, two purples, and a black. And I got one advantage. Really? One advantage? Good Good use of a story point. Yeah, real nice. So my advantage <laughs> is uh, that... Let me describe what you see first. Okay. So you're looking at him. You see the knife wound in his chest. You see um, uh, that he is very dead and cold. And uh, it looks like he lost a good deal of blood. Okay. That's what you see. What are your advantages? Or your one advantage? So, man, I had an idea. I just I just had an idea I really like, but I don't think you're going to let me do it. What is it? How crazy would it be for me to try and bring him back from the dead for a second or two? I am not a necromancer. Yeah. And that ability might be like a forbidden, uh, you know, magic. Yeah. Give me. Okay. It's going to be a healing spell, which can work with divine or primal. It's going to be. I say that since he's been dead for a little while, it's going to be a formidable check. So five purples. Okay. Okay. Uh, gentlemen, could I have a moment alone with the body? Would that be uh, out of the question? It's a little weird, but... Okay. To, to be transparent with you, I'm going to try and perform some magic, and I wouldn't want anything to backfire and injure the two of you. You understand? I get it. I understand. The um, lizard person uh, walks out of the room, and the smaller rodent-like fellow starts backing out, and says, um, if you, if something should go wrong, uh, pull this chain over here by the door. There's a big iron chain by the door. And what, what does the chain do exactly? It'll drop the iron door. Yeah, you're right. You'll be stuck in here, but you'll be, it's, it's better that way. I understand. Thank you. All right. So you're going to roll your formidable check? Um, okay. So I'm just going to say that I, I like this thing that I'm establishing with Calum. He's trying to figure out why why magic works in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to constantly have him do weird, pointless acts with objects just to see if they influence the magic that he does. Okay. He takes one of the crystals out of his pocket uh -huh. and, put, and puts it on top of Bellman, right in the center of his uh, wound. The crystal feels strange, like a little warmer than you would probably want to make a note of the warmth of the crystal as you take it out of your pocket. Crystal warm. Probably probably because I'm perspiring a bit. Anyway, he um, this is gross, but he's actually going to put it into the wound. Okay. All right. Um, he stands back, clasps his hands together. What he's trying to do is wake the consciousness of Bellman and see if Bellman's uh, resurrected, maybe only slightly only for a few moments can give him any insight into his murder or 
into the mystery of the object that has brought Kalem all this way. Okay. So um, so he concentrates. Yeah. I'm going to flip a dark yep. side to make it a red and four purples. Yeah. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so I'm flipping the other story for yeah. you. So they are still both one in your court, one in mine, but... Okay. I would like to be given a boost for my crystal. I'm going to give you a boost for a reason. Okay. Because he wants to come back. You going to roll it? Um, I actually had to figure out what I was going to roll. Oh, okay. So I'm going to use divine to yeah, make this check. And that's going to be... I have one will and two rank. So that's a green and a yellow. And I'm going to upgrade my green to a yellow. So I have two yellow and a boost. And you did, were you going to tell me why I get a boost? No. Okay, I have a boost. Do I get another boost because of the crystal? Sure. Oh, okay. I'm going to roll this. Hmm. Well, you're going to be happy. Something that you wanted to happen probably <laughs> happened. Because my red is a despair. Yeah. I got a. I got three failures, a despair, and two advantage. Okay. So you feel a, a wind rise in the, this room, which is strange because it's, it's completely enclosed. And uh, tell me, you got a despair. How many failures? Three. How many advantages? Two. Okay. You feel the a wind rise in this room and sort of gather at the floor and start moving upward. And the body on the table starts convulsing. And that crystal that you put in its chest starts glowing. And it jumps up off the table and comes at you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Other Place. The Other Place is a production of Nightcast Creative. For more information on this and our other shows, visit nightcastcreative.com. For updates on future episodes and bonus content, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at otherplacepod. Looking to support the show? Leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher or visit us at patreon.com slash coruscantnights.com.